Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church of Coleraine, Massachusetts, as Pastor Jim Rennie continues to faithfully challenge and encourage us in the Word. And it is our prayer that this message will encourage the believer and bring the unbeliever closer to a saving knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. And say welcome to all those that are tuning in, wherever you may be. Thank you for joining us at the First Baptist Church here in Coleraine, Massachusetts. Welcome. We're going to be reading. We have been studying through the book of Revelation. We've come to chapter 19. We're going to be reading just 10 verses today, half the chapter of Revelation. After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation! And glory and power belong to our God. For true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was seated on the throne, and they cried, Amen, Hallelujah. And then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him, both small and great. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad, and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints. Then the angel said to me, Write, blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, these are the true words of God. At this I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God. For the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And may God give us understanding of his word this morning. Amen. Let's have a word of prayer. Oh Lord, we do need understanding of your word. And uh, we look into these ten verses. Uh, it's going to happen. It's going to take place. The marriage supper of the Lamb. And those of us that are saved will be there to enjoy that with you. So give us understanding, I pray, 
And may we be tuned in and not be distracted and learn and be taught from your word and the message that we have prepared for the people listening. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So the uh, title of the message is The Marriage Supper of the Lamb. Future prophecy is going to take place. This is for the church. That's us. And not just for the church. There's going to be others there as well, which we'll find out shortly who they are. The coming of Jesus Christ will occur when the seven-year tribulation period ends and it comes to an end. And it's then that all heaven will break out in celebration, singing hallelujah. What does hallelujah mean? I'm glad you asked that question. Hallelujah means praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Heaven rejoices over the downfall of the Antichrist, the downfall of the false prophet, the downfall of wicked Babylon, that godless civilization that will predominate during the seven-year tribulation period. It's all going to come to an end. So there's rejoicing in heaven. Jesus is coming back to set up his kingdom at the end of the seven-year tribulation period. Now God, being a just and holy God, he demands that justice must be served on those who have been and will be given the opportunity to turn from their sins to the Savior, his son, Jesus Christ. But they, unfortunately, many will choose to reject Jesus and therefore will suffer the consequences which is eternal separation from God. Let's, let's learn about the marriage supper of the Lamb. When a person becomes a Christian, they become part of the church, not this building. The church is made up of believers, born-again believers, otherwise known, along with the church, otherwise known as the body of Christ, or the bride of Christ. Now, in his vision, the Apostle John saw and heard heavenly multitudes praising God because of the wedding feast of the Lamb. Literally, the marriage supper was about to begin. The concept of this marriage supper is better understood in the light of the traditional Jewish wedding at the time of John the, John the Apostle, when Jesus Christ. It's better, the marriage supper of the Lamb is better understood in the light of a traditional Jewish wedding. So what is that? First, there has to be a marriage contract. And that was sealed when the parents of the bridegroom would pay a diary, a dowry, not a diary. He could have had a diary. Should make a diary. Then you don't forget things like I do. A dowry had to be paid. In other words, a bride price. 
the parents of the groom paid the bride price to the parents of the bride. This is called the betrothal period. In other words, what we would call the engagement, okay? This was a legal marriage, and it required a divorce to break that union. They were as good as married. It was a sealed contract once that bride price had been paid. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 13 says, After you believed, he's talking to the church, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. This seal is our engagement to Jesus Christ. And the seal is the Holy Spirit. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 20, says that the bride or the church has been bought with a price. We're talking about a bride price, aren't we? The price for being saved from the punishment of our sins was paid in full by the shedding of the precious sinless blood of the Lord Jesus Christ on Calvary's cross. Once we believe in him, we are betrothed to him. We become his bride. He is the bridegroom. Are you with me so far? Say amen if you're getting this. Mostly. So let's get back to this Jewish wedding. First of all, there's the bride price paid, yes? After the bride price was paid, the bridegroom, he would then leave the bride's house and go to his father's house to prepare a place for his bride once they get married, the final consummation of the marriage. Jesus said in John 14, 2 or 3, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you will be also. So where is Jesus now? He's in heaven, but he's coming back. The bridegroom is coming back for us. The bride, the church, to consummate the marriage. We're betrothed. We're somewhat engaged to him now, but we're not married to him. That's going to happen when he comes back. Hang in there. When the actual, let's get back to the Jewish wedding, when the actual wedding ceremony takes place, well, when will that be? Well, I can tell you, it's going to be after the rapture of the church. But what date? What's the date? If you're going to get married, you need to know what the date is. We don't know. Nobody knows except the Father in heaven. This is what Jesus says, Matthew 24, 36. But of that day and hour knows no man. No, not the angels in heaven, but my Father only. But we do know that this marriage supper of the Lamb is going to take place at the end of the tribulation period when Jesus returns. When that will be, nobody knows. Jesus could come back at any time. We'll meet him in the air. 
That's called the rapture. But we don't know when he's coming back. But we need to be ready. Amen? We've got to be ready. We've got to be looking and uh, be expecting his return at any time. Now, what's the second phase of this marriage ceremony, the, the traditional Jewish marriage ceremony? Usually occurred, the actual wedding, usually occurred about a year later when the father of the bridegroom, he decides when it was time for the wedding. And then what happened was a trumpet was blown and guess what? It was called it, the last trump. Not talking about Donald. The last trump. Then the bridegroom would come with his, what's, what do they call those guys that are with him? Groomsmen, right, very good. Some people are still awake, that's great. The bridegroom would come accompanied with the bride's groomsmen, probably around midnight, all right? And they're going to be rejoicing and playing trumpets and making a, a lot of noise. And the bride's going to be waiting for him to come. She'll know he's, when he's coming. She's going to be forewarned that he's on his way. So she better be ready, right? The bridegroom come accompanied by his male friends around midnight to take her to his father's house. When Jesus comes for his bride at the rapture, a trumpet will also be blown to announce it's time for his church to go to his father's house. That's the rapture, the first resurrection. You see the similarity? The bride, like I said, she would know in advance that this was going to take place. She had to be in a constant state of readiness with her bridesmaids, waiting for the groom to come to take her to his father's house. Now, hold that thought. We're going to zoom over. A parable that Jesus talked about in Matthew 24, and it's referring to this. When the bridegroom comes with the groomsmen, to get his future wife to take her to his father's house. And obviously, just like a modern-day marriage, the bride has bridesmaids, right? This is what Jesus says. This is future. This is what's going to happen. Called the parable of the ten virgins, or bridesmaids, all right? Chapter 25, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now, five of them were foolish and five of them were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. Oil in the Bible usually symbolizes the Holy Spirit, okay? So you've got five wise virgins and five foolish bridesmaids. The wise, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming. Who are we talking about here? Jesus. How long have we been waiting for him to come? Over 2,000 years. 
The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. So they weren't ready, you see. They weren't watching. They weren't waiting. At midnight, the cry rang out, Is the bridegroom? Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up, trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, Give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. There may be not enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But when they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. See, it's too late. They missed the boat. The virgins who were ready, see, they were prepared. They got the oil. They got the Holy Spirit. The virgins who were ready went in with him, the bridegroom, to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. So for them, it was too late. The foolish virgins. Foolish bridesmaids. Later the others also came, saying, Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, I tell you the truth. I don't know you. Therefore keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Does that sum it up perfectly? Yes, absolutely. Got to be ready. Got to have the Holy Spirit, must be saved for when the bridegroom comes back to take us to the marriage supper of the Lamb. The final phrase of the traditional Jewish wedding, of this marriage ceremony, it's not happened for the church yet. We're betrothed to him. We're engaged to him. We haven't consummated the actual marriage ceremony yet. The final phase of the marriage ceremony was the marriage supper. The marriage supper, what we would call after the wedding. What do we call it? The wedding reception. They call it the wedding supper or the marriage supper. Okay? This may go on for days. Now, John's vision in this chapter of Revelation 19, he pictures this wedding feast of the Lamb, which is Jesus Christ, and his bride. Who's that? The church. Jesus is the Lamb of God who loves us, who bought us with the price, with his precious blood, and promises not only to be with us, but to come back for us so we can live with him forever in his father's house. Do you get it? I used to have a math teacher at school. Speaking of school, I never liked school, by the way. One bit. The teachers that taught me weren't cool, just like the song says. And, uh, but I did love history. There was a math teacher that no one could understand a word he was talking about. I don't know math to this day, you know. And he, 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 he's, I don't know where he was from, but he used to say, do you get it? Do you get it? He would ask you a question, he'd teach on something, and he said, do you get it? Did you get it? And we'd go, yeah, but we know. We were like this on the inside, but like that, that on the outside. Do you get it? No, we didn't get it. 
But he kept asking us, Jig Garrett, Jig Garrett. Anyway, that's a good traditional English accent for you, the dialect. All right, let's get back to what we were talking about. You know, one of the main uh, differences between marriages that we're used to in our culture and the marriage between Christ and the church is that Jesus is going to be the main focus, not us, his bride. In our culture, hardly anybody notices the groom, right? He's just like a necessary spare part who can't wait for the honeymoon, right? Sitting there, and then here comes the bride, and everyone turns around, oh, isn't she lovely? And there's the groom there, yes, well, no one takes any notice of him. <laughs> Rightly so. He's like a spare part. He's like a piece of bacon at a Jewish wedding. <laughs> Nobody takes any notice of him. <laughs> and there, so, when Jesus comes back, you know, while the marriage takes place in heaven, us with, his, with the bridegroom, Jesus, the tribulation is happening down here on earth. That's when we are with the Lord and having that marriage supper of the Lamb, the marriage ceremony. Festivities will carry on and on and on when Jesus comes back and sets up his 1,000-year earthly kingdom, the millennial kingdom. It's going to go on and on because the traditional Jewish wedding, feast, the marriage supper of the Lamb, it's going to carry on and on and on. In this case, for a thousand years. We're going to rule and reign with him. Last verse, it says that John, he was overcome by what this angel had told him. And he made the big mistake, and he's like, we all make mistakes. John was like the rest of us. We make mistakes. He's only human. He was so overcome that he bowed down to this angel and wanted to worship this angel. And the angel had to rebuke him. The angel rebuked John and saying, you don't worship me. The only person that deserves to be worshipped is God. All right? So he learned a good lesson, and that's a good lesson for us as well. Because anyone or anything that comes before Jesus is an idol. Amen? So let's recap what we've already learned, hopefully. The first phase, phase of the marriage of Christ to his church happens when each individual believer places their faith in Jesus as their savior. We are betrothed to him. Once we get saved, we are betrothed to him. We become part of his church. We are the bride of Christ. Remember, it's a legal document. We have the seal of the Holy Spirit confirming that. He's paid the price. We are betrothed to Christ. And just like the parable of the wise and foolish virgins, 
All believers should be watching and waiting for Jesus, the bridegroom, to return, to come for us, his bride. Are you anticipating that? Do you look forward to it? Look up, for your redemption draws nigh. That happens when the church, when Jesus comes back to meet us in the air, to meet his bride in the air and take us to his father's house. This is the resurrection, otherwise known as the rapture, that could happen at any time. Then, the marriage supper of the Lamb follows the third and final phrase, which takes place immediately at the end of the seven-year tribulation period on earth. So why people that are left behind are suffering for those seven years, we are with the Lord, enjoying that time, the marriage supper of the Lamb. Attending that wedding feast or the marriage supper is not only going to be the church as well. There's going to be other people there. Well, who? Well, the Father. Wouldn't be right without having the Father there, would it? The Father is going to be there. God the Father. It's going to be the holy angels. There's going to be the tribulation saints, the ones that are saved during the tribulation period. There's going to be the Old Testament saints. They're going to be there. And also, and this came up in Sunday school this morning, the people of Israel. Oh, yes, God always keeps his promises, and he's, kept, he's going to keep his promises to Israel. He's going to keep his covenant promises God has never broken a promise yet, and he never will. It's completely against his nature. It's impossible for him to lie. The Apostle John, uh, Paul, said, Romans eleven twenty six, that Israel, all Israel, will be saved. Now, he's referring to not every single Jew, but true Israel. Those who are a part of true Israel are truly saved and they have placed their faith in Jesus Christ as their Messiah. They will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. True Israel. Delivered from sin because they've accepted Jesus Christ as their personal saviour during the tribulation period. That's one of the reasons. That's why they call it Jacob's trouble. It's to bring Israel back in a right relationship with God. All right? Prove it. Okay. Listen to one Moses' prophecy. Then the Lord your God will restore your fortunes and have compassion on you and gather you again from all the nations where he scattered you. Who's he talking to? Israel. Even if you have been banished to the most distant land under the heavens, from there the Lord your God will gather you and bring you back. He will bring you to the land that belonged to your ancestors. And you will take possession of it. It will make you more prosperous and numerous than your ancestors. The Lord your God will circumcise your hearts 
See, salvation is like heart surgery. And the hearts of your descendants, so that they may love him with all your heart, with all your soul, and live. That's Deuteronomy 33 through 5. Israel's inheritance of the land promised to Abraham will all, it's all part of God's plan to restore Israel to faith in his son, Jesus Christ. Here's another prophecy from Zechariah, Old Testament prophet. I'm almost done. Zechariah chapter 8, 7 and 8. This is what the Lord Almighty says. I will save my people. Who's God's people? Who's God's chosen people? Israel. I will save my people from the countries of the east and the west. I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people and I will be faithful and righteous to them as their God. So let's conclude. Let's wrap it up. As the bride of Christ, we're betrothed to him now. The marriage is not consummated yet, but it will be. We are the bride of Christ. And because we are the bride of Christ, we've got so much to look forward to, don't we? Just like a, a, a future bride is waiting for the bridegroom to come. Anticipating. Can't wait for him to come. That's the way we should be. We should be anticipating his return at any moment. Jesus has gone before us to prepare a place for us in his father's house. In the meantime, we wait for the bridegroom to come where we shall meet him in the air and consummate our marriage. Then later, we're going to enjoy, we're going to celebrate the marriage supper of the Lamb that will last during the millennial kingdom, where we, along with Jesus, will rule and reign with him as his bride on this earth for a thousand years. We have so much to look forward to. We've got a tremendous future ahead of us. This world is passing away. It's messed up. It's getting worse and worse and worse as days go by. This world is not our home. We're just passing through. The angel told the Apostle John, verse 9, do you feel blessed today to be part of Jesus' church? Are you, do you feel blessed? You ought to be, aren't we? This is what the angel told John in verse 9. Blessed are those who are invited to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We've been invited. We've not only been invited, we've accepted the invitation once we receive Jesus, right? The question is, are you invited? Are you invited? You are invited, but will you accept the invitation? That's the question. You've got the invite. Jesus wants to save you. So are you going to accept him and receive him or are you going to reject him? Are you invited? I ask again, are you invited? 
You can be, but only if you believe and receive Jesus Christ as your personal saviour. It's only then you could be married to him and then enjoy the wonderful festivities at the marriage supper of the Lamb that follows. Let's close in a word of prayer. Oh, Father, it's very interesting to compare these verses in Revelation to the traditional Jewish wedding. It ties right up into that of what will actually happen. We're waiting for the bridegroom to come. Jesus has gone to prepare a place for us, and he tells us that he will come again and take us to his father's house. And we're so thankful for that, that we have that promise. And we just have to be like those uh, wise bridesmaids, those wise virgins. Half of them were foolish because they, they weren't ready. They weren't ready for the bridegroom to come. They were sleeping, dozing off. Didn't have the oil in the lamps to celebrate, to be ready. And uh, they weren't allowed to enter into the celebration, the marriage supper. They were locked out because they weren't saved, because they hadn't received the oil that symbolizes the Holy Spirit. And unless we receive the Holy Spirit, we cannot be saved. The only way we can receive the Holy Spirit and be born again is to receive Jesus Christ as our personal Savior. Call upon his name. Ask him to forgive us of our sins that we're sorry for, the way we've lived for ourselves. And turn from those sins to the Savior and call upon his name to save us. And those of us that have done that should rejoice and anticipate the return of the bridegroom who's promised to come back. And those of you that are listening that you've never been saved, don't wait. Make the choice. Make the right choice. You've had the invitation. Do not reject Jesus Christ as your savior because if you do, the Bible is clear that you will be separated from God for all eternity. And that's not where you want to go. You don't want to end up in the lake of fire. You want to be in heaven where there's no pain and suffering, where there's joy and peace and contentment forevermore. Okay? Amen. Thank you. I'll see you in a couple of weeks. Oh, by the way, are those that are watching by YouTube, um, you can give us a thumbs up, subscribe, and uh, if, wherever you are listening, you could uh, go on YouTube and uh, just type in First Baptist Coleraine MA, and then you should be able to watch these messages if you're not doing so already. Thank you, and God bless you all. Thank you again for tuning in. You can find our podcasts on Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you find podcasts. We'd love for you to join us at the First Baptist Church in Coleraine for Sunday morning worship at 11 a.m. We are located at 81 Foundry Village Road, Coleraine, Massachusetts. If you have any questions or inquiries, please feel free to call the church at 413-624-8886. Hope to see you soon. God bless.